and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guide. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising and a great place for aspiring and existing small business owners to learn more best practices about entrepreneurship. On today's episode, something that the franchising industry has always done really well is to take perhaps well-established but still fragmented cottage-type industries that may not be or have the most professional reputation or professional branding, to take those industries and businesses and structure them, put in replicable processes and professional branding. If you think about it, we saw that in food many years ago with the McDonald's and Wendy's of the world. And more recently, we saw it, for example, with Massage Envy, who brought a whole new niche and category and professionalism to affordable massage. Well, our guest today is the founder of a franchise organization that's doing just that with a really interesting industry that's kind of hiding in plain sight for many of us. It's the exterior facilities management industry, and our guest today is John Evans, who is the founder of Everline Coatings. John, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, thanks so much, Blake, uh, for having me here. So, uh, so excited, and yeah, yeah, it's uh, been a great day so far, and can't be in a better place. This is excellent. Well, we appreciate you dialing in with us. You're in Calgary, Alberta, right? That's right. Yeah, it's uh, you know just a couple days after Labor Day here, and uh, the weather's starting to turn. It's starting to feel like fall uh, here, so uh, the sweaters are coming out. <laughs> I wish I could say the same for the <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska area and the Iowa area, but it, it'll come in time. So glad to have you, and just proof positive, you know, another example of a great brand coming out of Canada and making entry throughout all of North America. So happy to have you with us. Thank you. Speaking of which, let's get more specific. So as usual, the listeners are saying, yeah, here we go. Heartland Franchise Guy, another super glamorous, sexy business, right? Exterior facilities management. What in the heck does that mean? Well, we're going to get into it. And you all know that we don't care so much about whether it's a glamorous or sexy category or topic. Unless, of course, your definition of sexy or glamorous is profitable, good margins, unsaturated market those types of things, then you might want to continue listening to this episode. So, John, if I've got it correctly, you the tagline or the category that you really fill and the brand that you represent is full-service parking lot maintenance solutions. Did I get that, that right? Is- that is correct. We, uh, yeah. So Everline, we're a uh, parking lot, line striping, and pavement maintenance business. So uh, everywhere out there, uh, in every building out there, has a parking lot, and uh, our services all, fa- are, you know, facilitate the maintenance and repair of them. Well, that's got me thinking for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no bigger market out there than just being able to look outside and just seeing pavement uh, uh, out everywhere. And, uh, it's pretty cool. It's like, you know, we can service that and that and that and that, and it just uh, continues on that sort of thing. So how on earth did you get into this business and what on earth gave you the crazy idea to franchise it? Hey, well, I actually, uh, uh, came across this industry. I was once a, a franchisee 
for a student uh, student paint a, a summer student painting brand, uh, and uh, okay. you know kind of got my start. Uh, you know my I was 20 years old running a uh, uh, you know a, a painting franchise, and but then I kind of uh, outgrew the program and uh, went actually for my on my next uh, I guess uh, uh, going on the hunt for my next uh, I guess opportunity. I actually went to a franchise show here in Calgary. This was about uh, 2011. And I ran into a company that was not selling a franchise, but they were licensing a more type of durable product for use on roads and pavement and things like that. And so then that kind of got me thinking, okay, so let's look into this industry as a whole. And uh, it started looking and seeing a lot of similarities that I was dealing with in the painting world as a franchise owner, where you know you're dealing with the uh, you know in an industry that is very underdeveloped with a lot of uh, a lot of mom and pop uh, uh, type. Uh, type people in there I said okay what if I take my experience as a franchise owner in the past uh, and apply it to my own little standalone uh, uh, business here and build a nice little living for my then girlfriend now wife and mother of my kids uh, uh, that sort of thing so uh, you know we originally got uh, you know started diving into the industry and just found that it was checking all those boxes that this industry was just loaded with unsophisticated uh, uh, I guess actors and what that was mean what that meant was that uh, our clients were not being serviced as well as they could be, especially large clients that uh, have multiple properties uh, with big ticket items. You're talking Walmart's, Home Depot's, Lowe's, like uh, super malls, all that kind of stuff that all need to get done. And or the property management firms that might be managing a, a portfolio of properties like that. That it's exactly right. Uh, a lot of them they'll have retail, uh, you know, portfolios of strip malls, of malls themselves, of of industrial centers, things like that. And you know, when you take a look around, there was no clear leader. One in North America, two in in, in Canada, three even in my local market in Calgary at the time. There, so I said, let's start there. So and, back to uh, kind of that. Uh, fra- sorry to interrupt you, but that kind yeah. of that that fragmented cottage industry, and you saw an opportunity to bring some maybe a national brand or at least a regional power. Well, originally that didn't come into mind. Uh, you know, it was just one of those things where it's like, I'm, I, you know, I feel like I can make a splash in my local area and uh, go from there. Then though, as, uh, as the business was growing and, you know, uh, you know, originally started, I was 24 years old and, you know, for the first, you know, learning myself and growing as an entrepreneur, a young entrepreneur at the time, uh, as I was expanding, you know, doubling revenue every year, uh, just uh, consistently growing it just a lot of those lessons that I learned in an established brand of just presenting yourself with professional professionalism, credibility, communi- strong communication and quality, you're going to generate more, uh, more business, repeat business and that sort of thing. And so when you had a recurring revenue happening every year, you know, you retain the vast majority of those clients and then you use the expansion from there to continue growing we're like hang on this is looking a little bit familiar why why can't you franchise this and then then you know then comes the question is should you franchise this and that was when uh you know you start diving into the idea of how does this model work with you know with not just myself running it that there, you know, is the magic me, or is this something that could be applied everywhere else? So doing a test location three hours away as a corporate location to see how it would work and things like that, and seeing, hey, he was getting to uh, milestones a lot faster than I was. So all right, <laughs> we're going in the right direction. Okay, here we go. Uh, and the whole idea behind it was is being able to cover ground with a national brand speaks volumes to those national clients that need to get this work done every year on a national level. Oh, so to some extent. If you were starting to grow in that fashion, you didn't have many competitors at all because nobody could service those types of accounts. 
not on a national level, no. What was happening is that you have a lot of middle ground, uh, like middlemen that go and sell the idea of facility maintenance, and then they use to utilize subcontractors. Mm -hmm. but we found that there was actually a major demand for, uh, you know, for self-performing national actors, which had not existed, and we would not, it would not be possible without franchising because we'd have to cover ground quickly. Uh, and so uh, as we further developed, you know, and perfected the onboarding process, the training, the processes, so that, you know, all those things that are second nature to me that made my initial location a success, that they're just a part of the system and how things go. Uh, so that then as we apply them on a grander scale to those natural clients, they're getting an excellent experience. There's no way they can get if, uh, you know, there's just like a band of subcontractors under, under them, under a representative and that sort of thing, because you have uh, consistency in that communication consistency sure. and that quality and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. By the way, I, I love what you said a minute ago about, was it me that was the magic or can somebody else do this successfully? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that was uh, actually some advice that I received. Uh, I was a member, uh, went to my very first uh, International Franchise Association uh, conference uh, back in 2015 and we were winners of the Next Gen and Franchising Contest oh. and I was exposed to top people in the uh, service brand industry, you know, being, you know, toured around the Dwyer Group's neighborly campus, you know, as a, you know, early, very, very early franchisor or being a chance, getting a chance to chat with uh, the people at first service brands and just kind of getting the best of all worlds uh, and just for input on how we were applying it. And that was one of the very first elements there was like, you need to make sure you're not the magic that somebody else can run it. And uh, that's, that was the whole uh, approach that I was able to start off with day one. Gotcha. So to review, your customers, it's really a B2B play, right? Business to business. Your yep. customers are the facility owners, the building or parking lot owners. That's right. Public and private, uh, uh, people that own uh, and manage pavement assets in one way, shape, or form. Pavement so assets. if you own a building... You, you pretty much manage those in one way, shape, or form. And uh, well, that, all, of that, all of that comes down to as well as even just educating them on the, be the proper way to even do that. That's why our tagline is at Everline, we rethink pavement maintenance. And that's how we pre present ourselves is like, listen, we're a part of a long-term partner. We're not just here to just come in stripe your lines, fill this pothole, you know, seal this concrete. It's like, no, this is part of a greater plan and a greater partnership to make sure you're getting a much greater uh, return on investment for managing this whole portfolio. And this whole pavement side of things needs to be managed properly and that sort of thing. You started to answer or you put in a partial answer to the question I was going to ask, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. It's the obvious one that you've probably gotten a million times, but I'd like to hear your answer. And that is, so why don't the... Uh, pavement asset owners themselves, those that own the parking lots, why don't they just do it themselves? Why they uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of it's an education play. It is uh, specialized equipment and specialized know-how to be able to get the work done. So, it, you know, it's uh, if you do have a set of, uh, uh, say you do have a property and you, uh, a, set, a set of properties and need all the line stripes or lines striped. Uh, what will happen is uh, you need to train somebody to be able to do it. Otherwise, you're going to have wobbly lines all over the place. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you're going to—it's not going to turn out very, very well. In fact, we we have had clients say, "Hey, listen, we have a big, uh, big enough portfolio. We're going to do this ourselves." And we get it a lot where we're called in to uh, to fix what their maintenance guy did. Oh, like so it's kind of it's kind of like baseball, right? So it looks on TV, it looks really easy hitting that 80 mile an hour fast ball, but putting That's down right. that straight line—same thing in real life. 
Uh, that's exactly right. I mean, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is walking straight and pulling the trigger, but it's knowing what paint you got to use, what pressure you got to use, what, uh, you know, at what rate of speed you walk, things like that. It's, it's certainly a, uh, one of those easy to learn, hard to master type ideas. Gotcha. Okay. So probably not the thing, not the expertise that, that building owner or property owner is. No, so they should be knowing. managing their building. That's yeah. their job. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Not, not focusing on, uh, you know, uh, seal coating their parking lot or, or, or filling their potholes, that kind of thing. Right. So fast forward to the current day. You described, you know, in the past when you were getting going, do your, do your franchise owners around North America, you're in Canada and the U.S., correct? Yes. Do your local franchise owners, do they have competition? And if so, who's their competition? There, are, there absolutely is competition, but typically they are mom and pop, chuck in a truck type, uh, uh, you know, type, type competitors. That, that is uh, you know, prevalent in the service-based industry, whether you're a plumber or a painter or whatnot. There's always uh, that kind of uh, th- those one-offs there. And what they tend to, what this industry has tended to not attract in the past have been people with very strong business acumen or, or uh, business building skill sets uh, that uh, that they are able to apply that to that this is an actual business, not you know your standalone uh, you know owner operator you know I'm going to go out there and hand out my cards and then go paint lines myself. We've kind of turned that model in the head and saying, listen, we don't want you on site. Uh, we want you managing the client and communicating with the client and managing your team and crew. And so that is a fundamental difference because that does take a level of skill and know-how to even get to that point of scale and that sort of thing. So that's where our key differentiator uh, lies against our competitors. And if I'm understanding correctly, the construction companies that are actually installing the asphalt and concrete, they are not competitors of yours. No, they hire us actually. Yeah. Uh, so what they do is, uh, like, because our uh, a little little sliver of uh, what happens in a construction project or a new paving project, you do it does require you know expertise to be able to do that properly. You know, you can kind of see behind me here. There's like a, some straight lines down a new uh, new pavement uh, that, uh, that that I installed there. And uh, that took uh, just a lot of experience to be able to get that done. And uh, that's what the pavers hired us to do or the construction company hired us to do to be able to uh, to get the work done. Because they, like a lot of our property management clients, are in need of, uh, of service partners or subcontractors uh, that communicates with them appropriately. That's our professional that are there when they say they're going to be. And a lot of it is like herding cats for them. And so when Everline comes along, we say, listen, you're going to be very well communicated with. We're going to be here when we say we're going to be. We're going to uh, complete the scope of work as we've discussed. No problems whatsoever. They're like, thank goodness, because I've uh, been <laughs> chasing around uh, subcontractors. Any any general contractors listening to this will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet they do, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what I'm hearing is, I mean, you, you are part of an overall value-added package that gives them confidence in winning their own contracts, the, the actual construction companies. That's exactly right. If you're a construction company, you need to have excellent tradespeople to be able to work, uh, to rely on and to work within. And that's, uh, we work hand-in-hand uh, uh, hand with a lot of them uh, all across uh, North America. I'm interested to know, John, because it sounds like you're not that many years away from it. But when you transitioned from business owner, from owner of the original Everline or however many you had, to franchisor, what were your real challenges going through that professional transition? Oh, man. Uh, Well, I think uh, the the number one thing is understanding, you know, that uh, I became very, very good 
at running a line painting and pavement maintenance company. <laughs> and then, uh, then when you understand, you start uh, saying, okay, here's a, you know, here's some know-hows, here's a manual, here's how we're going to do this all together. And then understanding that, you know, you're dealing with people uh, who have uh, invested in this uh, concept and that they are applying it in their local area, understanding that, it, it, that being a franchisor is very much uh, a really uh, purposeful, concerted effort into supporting those people uh, to an incredible degree and as, through as many lenses as you can possibly find. So understanding, number one, that the franchise, uh, the franchisor space is it's kind of like one of those uh, Spider-Man tropes, like great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> you have to uh, be able to be there to support them. And uh, uh, that was kind of a key thing was just understanding that this is a completely different business, a completely different way of thinking. So uh, if you're thinking like a line painting contractor and you're operating with other franchisees, you have to understand they're, they're, you're coming at it as a business owner to business owner and starting off with that. And then, you know, as the company's grown and scaled over these last, uh, this last uh, six months, even in our expansion in the United States, uh, a lot of it had to do with, uh, you know, being able to scale up uh, ourselves internally. So uh, hiring on consultants internally for us to uh, uh, to discover, you know, what is the appropriate way to scale as fast as we are as a, as a franchisor and uh, and making sure that, you know, all of that support, you know, the award-winning support that we, that we provide doesn't get lost in the growth process. Sounds like, you're, sounds like you're practicing what you preach to your franchisees, right? So surround yourself with... Uh, based upon strengths and weaknesses, right? Bring in advisors who can help you. Yeah. Oh, I know what I I know. It's uh, that I don't know everything, and uh, you know, being able to bring on the whole team uh, that does have their their strengths and uh, you know their specialties and things like that in areas that I perceive that we are perhaps not as strong uh, that or that I'm not as strong at personally to make sure that that is being covered. You know, being a business owner or an entrepreneur, in, in any case, you're on a ship. And uh, sometimes, you know, you, you, you're, you know, you're, uh, yep, you're steering the ship again going, but then sometimes storms pop up and you're down there bailing water if you have to, or you got to go plug holes, uh, you know, fix things, things like that. So uh, all of that uh, is all very much in spirit. I don't know what you're talking about, John. I started a franchise system once. We never had problems. Everything went exactly <laughs> as planned. Oh, man, teach me. <laughs> If anybody ever says that to you about their franchise system that they're building, you might want to run away, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, hey, well, that's it. Is that we tell uh, we tell our franchisees, listen, you know, we're going through an incredible run of growth here, and uh, it's going to be a roller coaster. There's going to be really great highs, and those are going to be awesome to celebrate together. And there's going to be hiccups here and there, just related to this, and that's okay. Just know that we hit those head on. We don't run away from them. We don't swipe, slide them under the under or sweep them under the rug. We get things going and, and we work towards solutions and uh, and swiftly. And uh, that's uh, that's been our winning strategy since day one. You know, I appreciate you sharing that because that's just that's an example of a very transparent approach to what to expect as a franchise organization grows. You are in an exciting earlier stage of your growth, and that's mm -hmm. going to be a different experience for new franchisees now than you might see 10 years and hundreds of franchisees later. Exactly. And, and in fact, you know, when we get, uh, you know, our franchise owners that understand that and they realize, you know, in, in, we're not perhaps, you know, uh, you know, es established, you know, legacy brand out there, not yet anyway. And that so that anybody coming in now, they're very much a part of the story. 
They're not a cog in the machine. They're not just store number, you know, 56201, like that kind of thing. They are uh, an important element and, uh, and very much consulted and, uh, uh, and, and very much respected. And, you know, that's essentially to me as a franchisor, the secret to, uh, uh, to, to building out a very, very strong uh, service brand. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we could just get you to get a little bit more excited about your business, then <laughs> hey, I'm, love, I'm trying, love your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> I do want. I want to slip in one other question before we wrap up because you've covered so much ground for us. If I'm understanding correctly from some of your materials, uh, there is potentially a, a semi-passive, semi-absentee role for some of your franchise owners. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we've built out our whole system from day one to be scalable. So if you have a gen- do have a general manager uh, in place or a key person in place, uh, we do have methods that you are able to uh, basically assign certain tasks and roles within the business. Whether uh, and you can uh, whoever is the the main owner of it can apply themselves in a um, uh, I, I guess in the way that they see fit. If they want totally hands off, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think that's a sound strategy for any uh, semi absentee or anything like that. Like I'd say, yeah, you kind of got to be involved at least a little bit, uh, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. But if they're saying, listen, it's going to be myself and an operating partner, I'm going to handle the business development and I'm going to have this person run operations or vice versa, or it's going to be something where it's like, you know, I want somebody to be act as more of a general manager role and I'll be acting as a support utilizing our EOS system. All that is built in there uh, uh, with that in mind. But the key thing for us, though, is that for that semi-absentee, and you know, uh, uh, I guess method, is that that person coming in is in some way, shape, or form a partner in the business because it is critical that that person that you're investing so much time and energy to essentially partner with to run that investment that they, uh, you know, that there is some sort of um, uh, golden handcuffs, if you if you will, or, mm-hmm. uh, or skin uh, in the game. It, skin yeah. in the game. That's critical. Yeah. Absolutely critical. Starting and running a business isn't all sunshine and roses all the time. <laughs> it is challenging. It will stress you to the max at certain times. And that's, that's kind of what you want. That's part of growth. That's all everything like that. And so that person's going to share with you that experience. So they got to be compensated for that. Absolutely. Well, I can't think of a better spot to wrap things up. John, I really appreciate you sharing with us today a little bit about your organization and the foundings of it and how it's continued to grow. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you so much, Blake. It was a lot of fun, and yeah, we'll, we'll keep it going. Absolutely. And we'll keep things going with the Heartland Franchise Guy podcast as well. As you all know, if there's anything that uh, you want to get information about, just scan that QR code on your screen, and we'll get you in touch with the right folks. That includes, of course, if you're interested in more information about this particular business, Everline, scan us, and we'll get you in touch with them. And if you reach out directly to Everline, Just make sure to tell them that uh, you heard about them from the Heartland Franchise Guy. Guaranteed, that'll inform them that you are a serious student of and being educated about franchise opportunities. Bring you right to the front of the line. So, don't keep us a secret, just like we don't want to keep Everline a secret. Remember to subscribe, follow, and share the Heartland Franchise Guy podcast, particularly if you know somebody that would have an interest in an opportunity like that that John Evans talked about today. So once more, thanks so much to John Evans, founder of Everline Coatings. Appreciate you being with us today. And we appreciate all of you joining us for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide. A Huda Media Production.